Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Philadelphia Eagles Insiders Podcast with the Fans First Sports Network. I am your co-host, Ed Kratz, joined by my co-host, John McMullen, who is safely ensconced in a Kansas City yeah. hotel room waiting to fly back uh, after the Eagles moved to 9-1 and with a uh, very scintillating 21-17 win over the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. John, you were there. What were your impressions and what was the locker room like after the game? Well, very excited. I, I mean, you, to come back and, and and win a football game, it was not a good first half, Ed. I think everybody saw that from, uh, you know, both perspectives. I, I don't think the offense was impressive, the defense. And to be able to recover in that kind of environment and not only – Kansas City, very difficult place to play. We all know, but uh, the weather um, forecast said it would stop raining by about sometime in the second quarter. They got that one wrong. It rained the whole game. So it it, it was a difficult environment to persevere, to be down uh, 10 against that team. Um, it, it's just another feather in the cap of this organization, which has had the best record in the NFL now since – you know, 18 weeks last year, 12 weeks, where are we? This year, um, 11 weeks, I guess, moving into the 12th week. That's a long time in a league where you see teams trip up each and every week, uh, no matter how good they are. So the consistency, finding different ways to win, again, showed up. I think the turning point was Andy Reid and uh, – it, it laying up at that fourth and four, I think, from the Eagles' 39-yard line. Tried to pin him back. It didn't work. It was a touchback. You could feel it in the building, Ed. It was like, oof, that was a mistake. And bang, the Eagles go on a, I think it was a seven-play drive. You have the big throw to Devontae Smith down to the one-yard line. Push, push. And that essentially sealed it. Now, the Eagles had uh, a little bit different uh, – Mar Mar uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling had a chance to probably win the game. Should have caught that pass from Patrick Mahomes. So they got a few breaks, but they keep winning. That's yeah. a trait, I say, Ed Kratz. That is a trait. Well, good teams need breaks too, and you know, I, I thought that throw you referenced to Valdez Scalding could have could have been a little bit more air under that throw. I thought it was too much of a line drive from Mahomes. I mean, he was behind. Bradley Roby, I think, was in cover. Yeah, I think Roby, you need yeah. to put a little more air onto that uh, and lead him a little bit more. I know it was a long throw and, uh, you know, uh, tough to complete those, but I think a little more air on that throw would have probably been an easier catch for uh, Valdez Spalding or Scalding. <laughs> Scantling. Valdez Scantling. MBS. Yeah, that's, it. that's it. Yeah, I always uh, get Marquez Valdez Scantling. There you go. Okay. Who was known for dropping balls. That's not his first. So. No. Yeah, and the Chiefs. But, yeah, he had his hands. He had both hands on it. You got to bring it in. I agree with you. It could have been better. It could always be yeah. better. Yeah. But uh, got to make that catch. And, um, yeah, the Eagles got a bit of a break there. But uh, I, I thought they made some uh, uh, nice corrections in the second half, especially defensively, yeah. to kind of settle things down. You got the big play. Think about it. You got – interception from Kevin Byer, who played a very good game against yes. Travis Kelsey. Well, I will say, though, it looked like he got a little bit lost on that first touchdown pass to Justin Watson. He's kind of running around. Didn't really look like he knew where 
know where he was supposed to go, but he really rebounded. And and that might not have been the case, but, it, you know, from the look of it, it looked like he was just kind of lost on what to do. Well, I, I, yeah. I did that to me was a Travis Kelsey touchdown because it looks like everybody jumped Travis Kelsey. At the, he was at the front of the end zone. I think Nick Morrow was there. I think, as you mentioned, Bayer kind of got lost. I think Zach Cunningham was on the field as well. They're all jumping to Kelsey. And all of a sudden, Watts is left wide open in the back of the end zone. So in a lot of ways, that was a Travis Kelsey touchdown as well because they were so concerned. But on the interception, you you could really see it live, Ed, in the fact that he kind of baited Patrick Mahomes. You could see the football IQ. Uh, When that ball went in the air, I said, uh, interception, bang, he's got it. And it was a little Slay-like. Slay likes to beat quarterbacks. And that's a very good quarterback to beat. And I thought it showed kind of the football IQ of Kevin Byard. And then Bradley Roby as well. When, you know, Travis Kelsey has a first down there, I believe inside the 10-yard line, Bradley Roby punches the football out. Um, That's a big play. Uh, And and it's funny. We just saw the Eagles doing that drill during, I think it was a practice. Maybe it was Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, They were doing that exact drill. It it was the exact drill. The Eagles were working on the guy with the ball and someone coming from behind and peanut punching it out like slaver to it, a peanut punch. And Charles Tillman, that's a ode to Charles Tillman who, who perfected it. Peanut Tillman. That was his nickname. Yeah, and we saw Jalen Carter do it earlier this season when he forced a big fumble in the, maybe his second or third game. It might have been his second against the Vikings. But, you know, the Eagles practiced that, and, you know, it came to fruition. And you mentioned the terrible first half. What I thought the Eagles were going to get run out of the building, to be honest with you. I thought, you know, they're down 17 to 10. Down 10, which ironically, it was the Chiefs that were down 10 in the Super Bowl yeah. against the Eagles, and the Eagles came back. And in this game, the Chiefs are up 10, the Eagles come back. I think you'd rather have the 10-point uh, come back in the Super Bowl to win a ring, but still, it doesn't cheapen this win at one bit. But I mean, listen, the Eagles gave up five sacks. You know, a lot of F grades at Stoutland University were probably being handed out in that first half. Five sacks is completely unacceptable. They gave up 121 yards rushing on the ground to the Chiefs in that first half. I mean, both sides of the line of scrimmage. I can't remember a game where the Eagles were dominated so thoroughly up front on both sides of the line for a complete half. Uh, That, to me, just doesn't happen. But this Chiefs defense is very, very good, right? They only gave up less than 16 points a game. Uh, And, you know, it looked like Isaiah Pacheco was running with a vengeance. Yeah, Um, he's a physical runner. You're right, because we don't see the Eagles out physical that much. And they they were being out physical by – by the Chiefs. They couldn't block Chris Jones in the first half. They just no. could not. But then in the uh, second he's half, he's a really good player. Yeah. Did Chris Jones play in the second half? I mean, he didn't take yeah. over the game like he did in the first half. So there was some kind of adjustment that Stoutland and that offensive staff made uh, to, to free up or to, uh, you know, protect Hurts, I should say. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you go back to when they played Aaron Donald and they, they slid protection his way pretty much from snap one. I think it took them a while to get there with Chris Jones, but they ultimately did it. I think they were hopeful of saying, uh, we can deal with them, but they couldn't. And to their credit, you do make a little bit of a shift and things uh, settle down. So sometimes you just got to say the other team's got good players too, and Chris Jones was was having that kind of day. 
And you're right with Pacheco. He's just a, a, a big physical runner. And, you know, the Eagles were, I think they came in giving up 66 yards, yeah. something around there um, on the ground. And they're at 121 at halftime. Yeah, you're starting to think, whew, this team's got the Eagles number. Uh, and then to the to Nick Sirianni's credit, Sean Desai's credit, Jeff Stoutland's credit, they made – uh, some tweaks as as the game went along, and they were able to to right the ship. And pretty impressive, even though Kansas City has struggled from their expectation offensively for about a month now. They didn't give up a point in the second half, and yeah, they got a break. We talked about the Valdez Scantling, um, Kelsey turnover. They got some breaks, but there's something to that, too. I think you have to give them credit for settling things down. Well, I, I'll give you credit. You and our guest last week on our Philadelphia Eagles Insider podcast predicted an Eagles victory here. I was the lone dissenter and went with the Chiefs, but you you had the Eagles winning, as did Martin Frank, our guest last week. You both picked the Eagles to win this game. So, you know, credit to you guys. Um, oh, yeah, I tell Martin to dunk the football when he sees you. Uh, Ed Kratz <laughs> is, is the non-believer. You know, it was funny, though, after the game, as Nick Sirianni tends to get very, very vocal in the bowels of Arrowhead Stadium. He used to coach there. He met his wife there. Um, so Kansas City means a lot to him. Um, he also really wanted to beat Andy Reid. So we talked a lot about is this a rivalry game? I don't I don't think it is for most of the players because they just don't see Kansas City that often. Yeah. Of course they wanted to win the game, but Nick was fired up and our friend Elliot Shore Parks from WIP evidently predicted the Eagles to lose the game uh because his thought process was um the Chiefs had the better coach and the better quarterback. And Nick, WIP is the flagship station of the Eagles, for those who don't know. Nick was very fired up about that. And he said, oh, he's screaming down the hallway like a, a lunatic uh, about, uh, you know, somebody saying they had the better coach and the better quarterback. So he was fired up to beat Andy Reid. Well, listen, I mean, Andy Reid has done this for a long time. I mean, yeah. that. That's what makes it remarkable. You know, listen, Sirianni's now 3-0 and coming out of the bye. Now, that's a really short sample compared to Andy Reid, who was 27-4 and coming yeah. out of the bye. He's now 27-5. and He had never lost to the Eagles after he coached them for 14 years. Uh, he was 4-0 and coming in against his former team, and now he's 4-1. and um, So, you know, there was a lot of significance. Even Jason Kelsey got his first win against the Chiefs in his career. And he yeah. alluded to it during the week that another team he hasn't beaten, the only other team now, are the Seattle Seahawks, who the Eagles are going to play, uh, you know, next month in Seattle. So, you know, Kelsey, before he retires, whenever that is, I mean, he's still playing at such a high level. Some of those blocks he yeah. made, again, in space and sealing off the inside for some, you know, nice gains from DeAndre Swift. Yeah, uh, they had something going with the inside screen. But they yeah. got to they got to drop that bubble screen, Ed Kratz. Those sideway throws are maddening. I mean, they just yeah. don't really go anywhere. Um, but listen, I want to ask you. You know, Reed Blankenship played three offensive snaps. I didn't even notice it until I looked at uh, 
you know, the snap count today. And do you remember seeing him off on victory offense? formation? End of the oh, game. Uh, ah. Just the kneel downs. Yeah. Okay. I already got that question. Yeah. So he was on there. For some reason, they put Jack Driscoll on there as well and Reed, uh, you know, in case you have the the catastrophe miracle at the Meadowlands situation and maybe Reed could chase somebody down. Um, yeah, he wasn't part of the offense, just a little victory formation for Reed Blankenship. Okay, that clears it up. And then something else which was really cool was Jalen Carter trying to intercept the Patrick. Oh, Carter that was awesome. At the end of the first half. Listen, if the Eagles aren't careful and that succeeds, the NFL is going to want to ban it, just like the tush push, because, you know, all the crybabies will come out and all the whiners, oh, the tush push should be illegal. Oh, the Eagles are too good at it. You can't stop it. If the Eagles intercept the spike, yeah, the same crybabies are going to come out of the woodwork crying, oh, you can't do that. That's illegal. But what a what a great heads up try by Carter. I'd never seen that before. Yeah. He, now he said he got legs. it from somebody. He saw somebody do try to do it in college. He didn't remember who it was. And that's where he got the idea. And it looked, I you probably had a better view. We're, by the way, in orbit in Arrowhead Stadium. We're way at the top of the building. I know. Um, um, it looked from the TV copy, it, it looked like he was kind of close. Very uh, close. Yeah. I mean, he had his arms underneath along the ground, and it just kind of looked like it hit his hands. Um, that's a tough catch. But, you know, yeah. maybe the Eagles start practicing that. And if a quarterback is lazy with his spike and just kind of drops it instead of firing it down, who knows? We could see an intercepted spike, and wouldn't that be something? But Jalen Carter certainly has opened the eyes because, you know, this game, I don't know what the ratings were, but it had to go through the roof because this was uh, a yeah. rematch, two of the top teams in the league. Uh, they saw that teams around the league and you, I wouldn't be surprised if you see it more and more now. Um, and it almost worked, which is, which is crazy to think that he could have intercepted a spike. Um, but, you know, Carter continues to show up, you know, played another strong game in my opinion. I think, you know, he gets held a lot, but he doesn't have that reputation. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. He, he doesn't have that rep yet as, you know, one of the league's top players, uh, and, you know, and he doesn't get the benefit of any of those calls. I think, that will happen at some point as he continues to develop in this league. But, um, you know, they're, they're, and listen, credit Sean Desai to that whole defense. Like you said, I mean, this this defensive coordinator just continues to make adjustments in game and at halftime uh, to allow the offense to find its legs to come back and win games. I mean, I can't say enough about the job Sean Desai is doing with this defense. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, the, the most impressive uh, part yesterday to me was he unveiled uh, this sort of big nickel look. So we all said, what are, what are the Eagles going to do without Kobe Dean? Um, thinking, you know, it's just going to be Nick Morrow's at Cunningham. And it was for the majority. <clears throat> but he he also unveiled this sort of free safety package where Sidney Brown would rotate in. Nick Morrow would come out. Kevin Byard would play essentially the second linebacker position. So you would have Sidney Brown and, and Reed Blankenship playing on the back end. Just gave the Eagles a little bit more athleticism to defend the pass and known passing situations. A lot of teams are doing it, and the Eagles unveiled it. They did it back in training camp, but they didn't feel comfortable. They had so many injuries at safety, couldn't rotate guys in. 
Terrell Edmonds uh, used to do it in training camp a little bit, and and he and he brought it back for this game, and they used it quite a bit. When Sidney Brown, when you see those snaps, it weren't they weren't slot snaps. Eli Ricks kind of, you know, Bradley Roby's still on a little bit of a pitch count because he hasn't played that much. He didn't have a training camp. And when they needed to give him a little bit of a rest, it was Eli Ricks in the slot. Sidney played safety, and he played safety because Kevin Byard was down playing linebacker, essentially. And that's an interesting look that I think helped the Eagles out because they're much more athletic with those three players on the field. Yeah, and it gives them some versatility for sure. And then you could flip it to the offensive side, kind of an unseen look. Uh, that the Eagles put out there on offense and, you know, Brian Johnson, the play caller, you know, maybe this was his idea, probably Nick, you know, him and him and Nick talked about it. They used four wide receivers in, in, you know, a lot of the uh, schemes in the second half, especially, and they didn't go without any tight ends. They used Alameda Zacchaeus and Julio Jones on the field with Brown and, and Smith, and they didn't have a tight end. And a lot of that obviously is they're still trying to figure out how to play with Dallas, without Dallas Goddard and then crank grand Calcaterra, uh, got hurt in game. So, uh, you know, they tried a different look, four receivers, no tight ends. And, you know, we saw the Eagles struggle last year when they lost Goddard for the first game uh, of the five that he missed. They went to Indianapolis, a game in which they only had seven points at halftime, like they did in Kansas City on Monday night. But they, the Eagles struggled. They won 17-16 uh, against the Colts in that game, first one without Goddard. And we saw them struggle again to try to find some answers and some some throws uh, without Goddard. And that was one look they tried. Uh, and, and, you know, I thought it, it paid some dividends. Yeah, it was an interesting change. I was just looking. Jack played, Jack Stoll played 57% of the snaps. Last year, 55, I'm sorry, Julio played 57. Um, last year is about 70, 72. And they just sort of ramped up the targets to the receivers. Um this time, they played, as you mentioned, a little bit more for receiver because Alameda played 39%. So a mm-hmm. um, little bit of a change. But, you know, I, I you do have to be honest. It's great to get out of there with a win, but they were not good offensively as a no. whole. Um, it really struggled on third. They didn't convert a third down until late in the third quarter. I know. Um, and they were number one in the NFL coming in. 50 percent they were over 50 percent yeah. converting third downs they yeah. went three for 11 i think yesterday and that held down the snaps as a whole uh they didn't have a lot of offensive yeah. snaps so the the defense was on the field a lot um as we said it was really bad in the first half then they got some things going uh in the second half aj brown only had one catch so that's going to be a, a priority as they get back to work in a short week um Got to get the offense back moving. They only had two hundred and what what two hundred and thirty something. I think total off two thirty eight total offense. Yep, uh, fifty four total offensive plays. That's not good enough. Uh, they were able to persevere, but that that's got to be better. And you're right. I mean, because they did it last year, it was a much softer schedule last year without Dallas Goddard. Right this year. It's kind of you know doesn't stop. It's it's Kansas City, it's Buffalo, it's San Francisco, it's Dallas, it's Seattle, um, and and Dallas should be back 
by that Dallas game, ironically. So they don't have to go without them as long. But yeah, they're not they're not the same team. And Nick admitted that during the week. He said it's tough to place replace a player like Dallas Goddard. Yeah, they don't have too many Dallas Goddards sitting around, and he's right. But uh listen, I think a lot of that Eagles struggles offensively, you really got to give credit to the Chiefs and Steve Spagnola, their defensive coordinator. Oh, I hope you love Steve Spagnola, Ed. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't he? I think he started his career here, right? I know he was in Philly for Yeah, he was here with Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and uh yeah, he was an assistant, and look, he's a very good coordinator. Um, they have a lot of talent, um, but I I do think the and you know the Eagles have this mentality that they can they can move the football and score on just about anybody, um, and they they truly believe that because of their offensive line and generally their receivers, AJ Brown. Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, they didn't play well uh, in in the first half. Offensive line-wise, we mentioned a little bit. uh, Cam Jurgens getting back into it after missing five games, struggled a little bit, pass protection. Um, And they couldn't – the the biggest issue was those third downs because if you don't extend drives, you can't get that that sort of feel for the game, the tempo, and – you know, I think if they were able to get the some of those early drives continued, we'd be having a different conversation. But wasn't great offensively. No, you're right. Uh, I just and I don't think the Eagles will see a defense like that. I know Dallas's defense can be good, but they Eagles put 28 on them. Uh, the Bills' defense can be very good. It's going to be another big test on Sunday when Buffalo. Uh, comes to town on a short week. It was an emotional game for the Eagles, I'm sure. It's going to be interesting to see how they they uh, get back up for a game on a short week against another very good team that's coming in here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the offense w- will eventually get it together. I- I'd like to see Julio Jones get a little bit more involved with the passing game. I know they have Smith and Brown who only had the one catch, but – you know, Julio, I think, needs to be a little bit more of a, a target, I think, especially when you get in the red zone. Now, there were no issues in the red zone last last night. Um, but, you know, I'd still like to see Julio get a little bit more involved with this offense. And, and maybe that time will come. Maybe it'll happen over the next two weeks because, like you said, the Eagles are increasing uh, their targets to the receivers. Um, but listen, if you would have told me that A.J. Brown would have one catch for eight yards – and the Eagles' defense was going to give up 168 yards rushing. I know 121 came in the first half, but if you'd have told me that and you would have told me Jalen Hurts would only have 150 yards passing, I would have said the Eagles are probably going to lose this game you yeah. know, four to six or something like that. Um, but they found a way to make big plays. I like the way DeAndre Swift ran the ball. First time over 70 yards rushing, I think, since week three. Um, he had 107 yards of total offense, and that 35-yard run he had uh, was a big play on that drive that pulled the Eagles to within 17-14. So, yeah, Cam Jurgens did some nice things in the run game in his first game in five uh, after missing five starts. Uh, I saw him pancake Derek Nottie on one play on on a running play. Uh, but you're right. The pass protection has to be better. But, you know, listen, the, the Chiefs and Spagnola again, you got to give them credit. They did some blitzing. 
They forced Hertz in the mistakes. I think Hertz at one point facing the blitz was like one for three with an interception. Um, so they did a good job keeping that offense kind of all on its heels most of the game. And uh, that throw to Devontae Smith, to me, that 41-yard catch uh, coming on the heels of a 13-yard catch from Smith on a big third and five throw. But that 41-yard catch to me was kind of the turning point. Um, you know, it, it was it was a huge play. Midway through the fourth quarter, the Eagles needed points, and, you know, they found a way to get them. Yeah, I think it's it's really difficult to rely on your defense in the modern NFL because it, it's so – and it's ironic because we had Sunday night football um, where Minnesota collapsed in the end to Denver. They were having a great defensive game. Chris Collinsworth was saying, oh, how great is Brian Flores' defense? blah, 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 and they try to play conservatively to win the game, and all of a sudden Denver's got an opportunity. They go right down the field and score. I think where Andy Reid lost the game was fourth and four from the Eagles' 39-yard line, and I think he, he was thinking like you were thinking, Ed. Our defense is playing great. Let's let's We got an all-pro punter. Let's pin him back make them go the length of the field and we're going to win this game. And Tommy Townsend gave, I think it was Justin Watson, an opportunity to down the football. He couldn't do it. All of a sudden it's a touchback. He gained 19 yards. That's it. 39 to the 20. That's terrible. Uh, net gain on a punt. Um, and the Eagles just went off and said, and I think that sent a message to both sides. It said, you know, to the Eagles, we're a little bit scared of you, and I think to to his own team, it was, I don't, I don't, I don't trust you guys to make a play offensively. Uh, and the Eagles went right down the field and scored seven plays, big play to Devontae, tush push, boom, they're in the they're in the lead. They they essentially steal the game. Thought it was a really bad decision by a great coach. Doesn't make him not a great coach, but really bad decision. Yeah, I think when you look at it in hindsight, yeah, I mean, 19 yards is, you know, why bother? Uh, yeah. But you're hoping that it's, you know, you're pinning them inside the 10 at minimum. Um, yeah, you want to execute the play, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it was almost they were trying to be too perfect because, you know, yeah, put it at the 10. Doesn't have to be at the two. You'd love for it to be at the two, but just make sure they're backed up to a certain degree. By the way, I think they might have scored anyway because I think it just sent a bad message. And you know, you're at the 39 yard line, Ed, plus plus territory with Patrick Mahomes, fourth and four. I'm going for that. I'm sorry, yeah. I nobody gives Andy Reid more credit than me, but I thought that was a game changing decision. And you look at you know talking about punts. I mean, let's give some credit to Britton Covey here, right? I mean, oh, his, his first. Well, he had a punt return there in the third quarter. Less than seven minutes to go. The Eagles have already gone two and out on the, or three and out, I'm sorry, on their first two possessions of the second half. And Covey returns a punt 26 yards. It only puts the Eagles at their own 39. But if you think about it, that could have been, you know, they could have been deeper in their own end. If Covey doesn't take one back 26 yards, that was kind of the genesis and the spark, if you will, to help that Eagles offense, I think, get get on track. I mean, seven plays later, Hertz has taken one up the gut for a touchdown to pull you within, uh, you know, uh, 
1714 at the time. So huge, huge, I think, emotional lift provided by Britton Covey. He averaged 17.7 yards. 17, unbelievable. What a great season he's having. He really is. I I thought, you know, the Eagles were having a little bit of trouble again with Kadarius Toney on punt returns, except for the end. Josh Job had a nice, uh, tremendous uh, rep on on the last punt. But I'm saying to myself, boy, that's all Toney can do is return punts against the Eagles. And I look up, and Britton Covey's got seventeen point seven. You know, he's having a tremendous season, and he's not given enough credit for the things he's been able to do as a punt return. Yeah, and even like you mentioned, Josh Job, what a great play by the gunner there to to cut Tony down inside the ten yard line and making it a longer field uh, for the Chiefs to try to go down and and take the lead or win the game. Um, and, you know, Job and, and uh, Keely Ringo, I mean, it's not just Covey on these punt returns. Those two guys are doing a really nice job in picking up their guys and not getting penalized. I mean, there were times where the Eagles were a disaster on special teams yeah. getting holding or blocks yeah. in the back, but but they're not doing that. I mean, you have to credit Job, you know, in the return game and Keely Ringo to the rookie. Um, but let me get your thoughts on this, John, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. But uh, did you have any shades of when Fletcher Cox was called for that pass uh roughing the passer call late in the game did you did any memories come flooding back of james bradbury getting called for a hold late in that super bowl i mean it was i think it was a legitimate call on cox yeah i mean it is in the modern game it's it was a proper call it was roughing the passer i didn't get a a flashback to bradbury but i did think (laughs) all right this is a big break you know that's your your you're allowing kansas city you just talked about Josh Joe backing them up. You're allowing Kansas City. That's that's a big time play plus fifteen. Um, I thought maybe it would come back to haunt the Eagles, but now it'll be a footnote. But I agree with you. You may not like the rule, but that's what they're calling these days. So Fletcher, you know, having a great season, veteran player. He's got to he's got to know you got to ease up a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, he just he just pushed him right to the to yeah. almost literally picked him up and threw him to the ground. Yeah. And Mahomes, and Mahomes is great, by the way. If you see Mahomes, he's calling for a flag as he's falling to the <laughs> yeah. falling to the ground. Yeah, so he's he tremendous at that as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then Josh Sweat. You know what can you say about Sweat and this Eagles defense? I mean, he. I know he talked about it after the game. You know that it and. The, the NFL really needs to start crediting sacks on these intentional grounding plays. Um, yeah. You know, you have to give credit. They're intentionally grounding the ball because they're going to get sacked. And Sweat came up with that huge play, dragging Mahomes down, and Mahomes had no choice but to flick it out of bounds. Intentional grounding, loss it down, fourth and 25, game over. Although, I'll tell you what, that fourth and 25 throw to Justin Watson, that was there. Watson had his hand. Yeah, he was a little late on that throw. He, yeah, but they, he yeah, I thought, catch. I thought, well, there were a lot of people around. I thought, you know, in fact, it, it was sitting next to Martin and, and Jimmy Kemps, he was a couple rows down. I think we all said, oh, he's got him. We saw the open. And I thought I thought Mahomes was a little I thought I thought that was on Mahomes more than Watson. I think the throw was a little bit too late. And it enabled some of the Eagles defenders to break on the football and make it far more difficult. Um, if that would have been out, I think it would have been a, a fourth and 25 conversion. 
then we'd be talking about something. Huh? Yeah, that was bad. That was bad defense there by the Eagles. I thought a little bit uh, of a picket fence type approach at that yeah, stage. Yeah, but, I did, uh, did not think it was well played at all. I mean, Watson was open. He just ran out twenty eight yards, turned around, and you know, like you said, maybe Mahomes was late, but it was it hit him in the hands. He went up for the catch. Should have probably caught it. Um, got two hands on the football, and it went right through him. So. Um, you know, listen, the Eagles will take a win. They'll take all the breaks they can get. They're nine and one. Uh, and it's a big win because the Detroit Lions are sitting there at eight and two. You lose this yeah. game and you and the Lions are tied from the number one seed. Now, listen, there's some more tough games to navigate. I think the Lions schedule, uh, you know, is a little tough, too. They still have to play the Cowboys. Um, it was a big win, but there's still a lot of work to be done if the Eagles want to be the number one seed and get back to the Super Bowl. And maybe see the Chiefs again. I mean, I I could certainly see that happening. Although the Chiefs have some real issues. They with, they got to fix some things offensively. Yeah, they, this right now the I don't think we're going to see a rematch. I I think the Eagles are in really good shape, but uh, I don't know if this Kansas City team is going to make it back. You never doubt. You shouldn't doubt Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But right. right now I look at that Baltimore team and I say they're they're. I think they're significantly better than the Chiefs right now. Yeah, you, you could be right, but there's still plenty of football to play. Um, well, listen, that's going to do it uh, for our recap of the Eagles' 21-17 win over the Kansas City Chiefs week 11. John and I will be back later this week to take a look at the Buffalo Bills coming to town on Sunday. Bills off their big win against the Jets, still trying to keep their head above water in their playoff race, uh, but we'll dissect all that later in the week. For now, thank you again for listening. I'm Ed Kratz with John McMullen. You've been listening to a recording of the Philadelphia Eagles Insider Podcast on the Fan First Sports Network. 